You're listening to The Terminal Mile, and this week, it's all eyes on the road. We have a trifecta of premier pavement pounders in Jeff Martinson. He's a world championship 1,500-meter semifinalist turned Eastside 10K killer. We also have Cleo Boyd. She's the UVA distance runner from the 613. She is back, and she's ready to make a name for herself. And finally, you've missed him. Rob Watson, he's Canada's favorite marathoner, and he's back in more ways than one. Stick around, find out how. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, a tracky radio production. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at The Terminal Mile. Jeff Marchinson has a resume like few others. He's the World Championship 1500-meter semifinalist from 2011. He's a BCEP team member a pharmacy school student, and a former realtor, just to name a few of his accomplishments. Last weekend, he took the dub in a highly competitive Vancouver Eastside 10K, and we caught up with him earlier this week. So let's start with the Eastside 10K. Um, you took the you took the big W there in a fantastic and very exciting race. Talk to me a little bit about that race. Um, you know, what was the strategy going in, and did things work out how you thought they would? Yeah, well, th- this year was, it was actually a new course, so um, it was. Uh, I think I was a little unsure of of how that'd play out, and um, I definitely didn't look into it uh, enough before that. I didn't realize that from about four and a half k to six k, it's all uphill. So um, that was that was a surprise, but um, no, I, th- I think it was a good good run. It was, uh, you know, it was mostly just um, you know guys from my training group. Um, but for for us, it was sort of the the first you know real hard effort at, uh, getting into this fall training. So um, I was happy to happy to come away with a win, um, but also just happy with what it suggests for my current fitness. So you mentioned this is the the start of your fall season uh, as opposed to the end of the of the summer season. Does that mean that you are looking at doing some some cross races this year? Maybe head to Kingston. I'm actually not going to do cross country. Um, I, I'm just, I'm really just not a very good cross runner and it just ends up with me being frustrated at how badly I perform. So I'm just going to stick to uh, flat, easy surfaces like the road. Um, but uh, I, I'm looking at a few more road races in the, in the fall here. Um, the next one being the uh, uh, good life half marathon in Victoria over Thanksgiving weekend. So I noticed, uh, and you mentioned it as well, uh, there's a couple of guys who are up there that you train with, uh, both Kevin Coffey and Justin Kent. Now, what's interesting about them is is Kevin Coffey had some phenomenal 5,000s this year on the track, uh, but also I believe it is training for a marathon right now. Uh, Justin Kent, he usually you know, tends towards um, some of your old events, like the 1500. You know, who, do you, who do you train with in, in that situation? Um, I actually train with both of them, uh, for, you know, sometimes, you know, all three of us, uh, will mix it up in a session, but, um, you know, I think that's really speaks to the benefit of, uh, our BC endurance project group out here is that, you know, I can do longer stuff, uh, on the roads with Kevin, or I can do, um, you know, shorter sort of, you know, like kilometer repeats or stuff on the track with Justin. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really fortunate actually to have, you know, a, a group of diverse group of guys to to train with. I have to say that the 
Canada Run Series. They've set up some really, really great races. Probably two of the most competitive 10Ks in Canada are, um, you know, the East Side, which you just did, uh, as well as the Sun Run, which you got second in uh, this spring. If there is to be a triple crown of Vancouver uh, road running, what would that third race be? Um, maybe the, uh, 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 the St. Patty's Day 5K in March, that one, we usually get a good group of guys out and, um, uh, you know, a bunch of us go under, under 15 minutes for that one. Uh, I think that would be a good, good, uh, addition to the, the, uh, triple crown. <laughs> Do you think anyone is capable of winning that triple crown right now? I mean, that would be tough. I mean, cause all three of those events get, get really good guys out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. It, it would be it would be hard. You'd have to have the range from uh, you know to do a quick five k in, in the early spring to doing a um, you know a, a, a hard ten k the sun run and following up with uh, still having that good ten k fitness come September here. So um, you know I I don't know I I can't say I I would be able to do it right now. So um, but maybe someone could. So, so one thing that I want to address is I was reading a newspaper article um, that you had conducted, you know, you, you had done a little bit of an interview with, and uh, you mentioned how you're starting to get to that point in your career where you're starting to transition out. Um, but to me, that, that seems odd because, you know, you put in a sub-30 time on the roads. So maybe you can explain just where are you at in, in your running career? Um. You know, I, that's a, it's a tough question for me to answer because I, I, I don't think I really know where I'm at with it. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I sort of retired from the track um, after 2012, um, but I still, you know, I've always loved running. And, um, you know, for me, I've kind of moved into different things. Um, currently, I'm in, in my final year of the pharmacy program at UBC. So I've been really focused on that, but it's it's also allowed me to, you know, being in Vancouver and, and training with Richard Lee and the, the uh, BC Endurance Project group, um, you know, there's, I, uh, like, I, I'm still very passionate about running. And, um, you know, even in, in 2016 and leading up to that, I, the, the Olympics were still on my mind. Um, and uh, certainly, you know, I had a, a, a pretty annoying injury that kind of sidelined the season for me. But, you know, I was in great fitness and it, it sort of showed me that I could still get back to that, that level. So uh, where I'm at right now, I, I don't know, but I, I do still enjoy training and, and, and racing. And so now right now I'm kind of just, I guess, taking it, uh, I don't know, day by day and just seeing, seeing where I can, uh, what I can make of running still. Well, that's another thing I wanted to touch on. I mean, you did uh, you did the Portland Track Fest this summer, uh, got into the 28s uh, in, in a track 10,000, uh, a fantastic result by by any measure, but it was also a PB for you uh, as well, too. How much do you think you have uh, left to, to squeeze out of the 10? Um, you know, I think that race actually showed me that I, I have quite a bit to still still get out of the 10K. Um, I, you know, I had a, a few little like injury setbacks this past year. Um, so 
I sort of felt like that, you know, running the 10K in, in Portland there, it, it sort of realigned my 10K PB with my other PBs on the track, um, you know, where my, my 5K PB is still 1343. Uh, my track 10K was... Um, I don't think it was under 30 minutes. I'd only run one before, and my my 10k PB on the road was only, um, you know, I think around 29, 26. So, I think it, it was it was a good step, but it, it showed me that if I were to really focus on it, um, I could probably get a uh, a lot more out of that event. So, yeah, well, who knows? We'll see what happens this year. Um, again, it's I'm sort of in that uh, trying to balance um, school uh, with running and. You know, sometimes it works out in favor of running and sometimes it's not as favorable. So we'll see what happens in the spring. Uh, you know, you mentioned it and I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners are uh, very familiar with, with your career and stuff. Um, but you, you, of course, did make it to the semifinals in the 1500 uh, at the World Championships. But, I mean, you're doing so well at, you know, running on the roads, running the 10s and stuff now. Uh, you've just shown really, really great range. I have to wonder, you know, when you were kind of choosing what your event was, you know, back a bunch of years ago, what made you think, you know, middle distance, 1,500? Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, definitely, the, to me, those are still kind of the most fun events. And uh, I was... I was successful at them, um, you know, right from high school. I, I came out of high school as an 800-meter runner. So, you know, I sort of followed that progression up to the 1500. And um, I think just with the timing of my track career, that's sort of where I, I ended at. Um, you know, maybe things could have been a little different if I had moved up to the 5K or, or who knows. But, um, yeah, at the, at the time, it was just those were the events that I was – uh, I seem to be best at, um, but since then, you know, it's, um, I think a lot of people would agree that if you're a post collegiate runner, you're kind of in the open running system, track races are not as readily available, I guess. Um, I mean, certainly you have to do a lot more work to, you know, go down to Portland, um, where you, you're going to pay for the entire trip and, uh, kind of, you know, probably get your ass handed to you. Um, or you could stay up in Vancouver here, uh, do the sun run, make pretty good money. You know, it's, I don't know. It's, um, so yeah, it's kind of just the way it's played out and not by, not by plan, but just the way things have worked out. Well, I wouldn't say that you got your butt handed to you too much in Portland. Uh, I suppose (laughs) there's that, uh, that, uh, young up and comer, um, what well, what was his name? Galen Rupp or, or something like that? I think I think he took the the W yeah, in that some race, people right? I heard of him. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> Did you get to chat with him? Uh, you know, before or after the race? No, um, he he's uh, he's kind of one of those guys that he you know when he's racing down there, he sort of um, seems to pop out of the bushes right before the start of the race, and and he's gone as soon as it's over. So I think. Um, I think for guys like that, it's it's hard to sort of um, hang out at the track. Um, you would just, I'm sure they just they would get approached by too many athletes, really, or, or just fans. So, I I didn't get to chat with him, no. <laughs> you know, speaking of other meeting other other athletes, I'm I'm sure in your career you you've just met you know an 
a, a ton of them. I mean, you've been to, you know, a whole bunch of international events, uh, domestic events. However, I must say, of all the people that I've interviewed for this show, you have to have probably one of the most unique, you know, not running jobs. I read that you were a realtor for a little while. <laughs> what what was that all about? And can you think of another runner who's had, you know, a strange job as well on the side? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'll just start with saying that I actually, once I got into real estate, I started to find that there were actually uh, like quite a few other runners who had at some point had ventured into real estate. Uh, so it was less, less weird than I initially thought. But um, yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> So I graduated from UVic um, in 2009 with a biochem degree, and then I did the running thing, and then, uh, you know, and kind of going into 2012 when I was starting to think that I, I want to sort of pull out of running, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I, I was pretty certain I didn't want to do anything with my biochem degree. So I didn't really have a plan, but um, I sort of had this, uh, this connection to real estate, and I thought, well... Um, you know, maybe it'd be a good experience for me. Something different, I guess. Um, and it was something that I could do immediately after I finished running. So, um, so yeah, I, I sort of did all the, the licensing and the, the course to, to become a realtor. Um, I started, uh, like literally right after the summer of, uh, in 2012. Um, <laughs> it was a very mixed experience. Uh, I think the first year I, I feel like I made no money. Um, just a lot of net loss of, of money and, uh, it was really hard, but it, it also forced me to start thinking about like, okay, well, what am I really going to do with my life here? Um, which, you know, led to me going into pharmacy. Um, uh, the second year of real estate was much better and I, it made me feel a lot less like a failure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a super random, uh, I guess experience, but but one, I, I'm actually pretty glad that I had much more glad that I'm in pharmacy now, though. Hmm, hmm. For sure. For sure. You know what? One thing looking looking at your career, you've had two very notable Canadian coaches. Uh, you know, you did some time with Wynn Gmitrowski, uh, as well as Richard Lee, who you're with now. I have to think that those are such different coaching styles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been interesting, you know, moving um, into Rich's group where uh, for so much of my career, you know, in in high school, my coach um, he was uh, he was an athlete actually at UVic, so my program in high school was kind of similar to what UVic uses, and the program program at UVic um, that Brent Fogner uses is also sort of modeled on what what Wynn uses. So for, you know, my high school, university, and um, post-collegiate career with Wynn, um, I kind of had the same uh, sort of training um, program. And uh, so, you know, coming to uh, into Rich's group where he's, um, you know, where I, I would say, contrast by saying, you know, um, Wynn's program is very high quality, um, high intensity, where a lot of you train sort of at race pace. Um, you know, Richard's program is more uh, kind of your old school, like you're, you're putting in the mileage and uh, yeah, you're, you're really uh, sort of that balance of quantity and quality. Um, so it's been, it's been an interesting adjustment for me. I have to forget about some of my old, old thoughts of, you know, recovery and, and mileage and, and uh, um, 
but I, I think it's been really good to to get a different perspective, especially at this point, you know, this point in my career where I, I think I really need that new stimulus to, to keep going. So uh, maybe you could, uh, you know, throw, throw, you know, everyone has their bread and butter workouts, but, you know, given that you've done the 1500 and, and now you're doing some really great stuff at the 10, you know, what, what was, what was your go-to 1500 meter workout versus, you know, now your, your 10,000, um, favorite 10,000 meter workout. Yeah, um, you know what that so um, as a fifteen hundred meter athlete, I think like probably my favorite workout was just repeat four hundreds, um, and and actually now with Rich, um, my favorite workout is his version of repeat four hundreds. Just you know, as a fifteen athlete though, um, you know with when we kind of do something like multiple sets of four by four hundred. And they'd be fast and, you know, off a minute rest. Um, with, with Rich, though, we'll do something like 2,400s in a row uh, off a minute. And they, they won't be quite as fast, but you, you sort of progress down. Um, so they're both kind of different workouts. But I think just there's something about 400s where you, you can run them. I don't know. They, like 400 repeats I, I don't know what it is about the workout but i think it's, it's just a good workout that everyone can kind of kind of get behind it's something about like the perfect blend of running fast but also getting to run a lot hmm. so I, I don't know but that's that, that'd be my favorite one for my career well you know i take a look at uh, at bcep and uh, and the great things that they're doing for athletes out there including yourself um and i have to think that's a very positive thing for our sport, perhaps you could pass along a couple thoughts on on having a you know a government funded program like BCEP. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, where to begin? Like, you know, I think with BCEP, it it really shows, um, you know, with with a, a bit of extra funding to a, to a group here, um, you know, and a like a dedicated group of of athletes kind of all working towards the same thing. Like, I don't know, you, you see these models, you know, in other parts of Canada or the world, um, something about it here, it just, it's worked out really well. And I think, I, you know, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say exactly what that is. I think part of that is, is just the way Rich approaches it. Um, you know, our group, it's, it's, you have full-time athletes, um, and then you have athletes who are in school or who are working. So you do kind of have this mix, but I think one thing, you know, that we, we really have here is this sense of team. Like we're, we're not just a, a group of athletes kind of, you know, all doing our own thing. Like we, it does feel like we, we are sort of a team here, um, in BCEP and, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is a, this is a horrible answer, I think, but, um, it, I don't know. It it just works, um, you know. And for there's so many factors in in it, I guess. But um, but uh, from you know the funding and the, and the the support and the like, just this uh, extended team of you know uh, massage physiotherapists and and everything here, we, it's just it's just really well set up in Vancouver, and uh, and obviously it's getting results. So. He was a semifinalist in the 1500 meter event at the 2011 World Championships, but more recently he won the Eastside 10K. 
He is Jeff Martinson. Thanks a lot for for being on the show this week, Jeff, and uh, best of luck in that uh, in that Victoria half marathon. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Cleo Boyd has mostly flown under the radar of the average distance fan in Canada, but already she's performed impressively in her young career, scoring a top 10 finish at cross-country nationals a few years back and winning a conference title in the 5 and the 10 for her former school, UVA. Cleo's back in Canada and ramping up for a big fall season. So you had a really, really big race um, this past weekend up in Ottawa uh, at Emily's Run, coming in just, just behind. Yep. Uh, an Olympian, an Olympian distance runner, Natasha Wodak. Talk to me a little bit about that race. Um, you know, what was the strategy going in? And, uh, you know, I got to wonder if that heat really got to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't say the heat got to me because coming from Virginia, it actually didn't feel that hot that morning. <laughs> um, and I guess I was really thinking of it more as just an opportunity to, like, get back in a race in Canada and like spin my legs because I haven't actually done any like hard 5k pace anything since about like March maybe even like February um so I was out kind of all spring with a bad injury um and then over the summer was just kind of putting in easy miles and doing some tempos and stuff so the 5k was kind of there was no real game plan going into it except to sort of like run hard um and yeah, it was pretty painful, uh, shock to the system, but yeah, I was really happy with it considering my training over the summer and sort of how little preparation I had going into it. Mm-hmm. But you, you are based out of Kingston now, no? Um, yes. Now I'm back in Kingston. So as of about, uh, late August, I was back. That's one thing that, that I really wanted to talk to you about just because there seems to be something going on in Kingston right now um, as far as women's training goes. And I would say that it's probably one of the best groups uh, in the country right now. So, uh, you know, I'd love oh, if yeah. you could expand upon that and, uh, you know, just who your training partners are right now. Yeah, it's like a really great time to be back in Kingston. Um, and I kind of like when I left for school, I thought I'm never going to go back home. It's too cold there. <laughs> um, I'll be moving somewhere further south or out west or something. But Um, Sort of over my four years at school, I started to get jealous of the training group that was, like, developing in Kingston. And then at the end of, um, yeah, this past school year, I just realized there's really no better place to be right now than back home. Um, So, yeah, right now I've got Julianne Staley, uh, Brianna McDougall, Claire Sumner, and then obviously Brianna's younger sister, Brogan McDougall, um, and then one of my friends from way back in high school, Claire Langley, who's training for a marathon right now, but still kind of mixing in with our group. Um, we've got uh, all of us together in one group, um, and it's just amazing. Like, there's so much talent in that group. And uh, what's special about it, I think, is that everyone's sort of got their own little, like, niche. Like, Julianne's definitely better at the faster stuff. Um, so you can tell she's just sort of more powerful. And then you've got like Claire and I who are better at the longer stuff. And then the McDougals are just like super talented and full of energy. And I'm sure they'd be good <laughs> over any distance. So it's, yeah, it's just a really special group. You know, you mentioned, uh, coming from, from UVA, coming from Virginia, that's what, that's where you did, you know, a lot of your schooling and that sort of stuff. And actually we just had Pete Watson on the show 
mm, couple episodes anyways and uh it actually made it on the let's run board um you know some of the crazy strength workouts that he had his kids doing uh you know as far as you know marathon pace and and threshold pace and that sort of stuff yeah did that cross over to the female side of things was was there a lot of you know big strength workouts like that as well too um, yeah, actually, so a little bit of it did cross over. Like, I think there was maybe one or two workouts that I did that I know the guys team did as well. Um, it, but I was sort of in my last two years there, I was sort of uh, on my own training. So um, my coach, Coach Morgan, uh, we we kind of, I don't know, I sort of had my own separate training because no one else was doing the longer distance stuff. And we had some injury problems. Um, so I never, I can't say I did a lot of like the huge workouts that the guys did. I was more sort of on the cautious side of things, like trying not to get hurt. Um, I never worked out on the track, which I know the guys team does a lot. Um, so I was, yeah, sort of more on my own doing like, I guess, pretty typical workouts, like four mile tempos, uh, mile repeats, that kind of stuff. But yeah, some of the stuff the guys did, I yeah, I didn't touch it, and I don't know how they got through the workout. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I should mention some of your credentials. You're the you're the ACC conference uh, five thousand meter and ten thousand meter champ. Uh, you know, in different years, you have a lot of talent there. And to be quite honest with you, there is not those distances at the U Sport level here in Canada as far as track races go. So, yeah. Um, I suppose in, in cross, they're increasing the distances now. Do you think if you would have stuck around yeah. in uh, the U Sport system that you would be moving up to the distances that you are already? Yeah, I don't think so. And that was like one of my main draws to going down to the States in the first place. They sort of knew like, I I wanted to move up beyond the 3K on the track. And, and I mean, in the CIS, that's, about as, that's as high as you can go for track. Um, and so I knew my strength was going to be more over 5K, 10K. Um, and, yeah, that's helped me, like, hugely. I think running a 10K on the track made me just a more mentally tough athlete and sort of was an opportunity to realize where my strength was at. And it was an excuse to run higher mileage. So I got some like months at 80 miles a week in while I was at school, just sort of in preparation for the 10K. Um, and I don't think I would have done that if I had been training for 3K or, yeah, I guess 1,500 meters is the other option. <laughs> so I think it helped me a ton. And that's sort of what's given me the confidence to yeah, try to move up even higher now. In talking with uh, with one of your coaches, uh, Brant Satchel, he mentioned something mm-hmm. about you running a half marathon in the in the coming months um, in Toronto. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the training. Uh, you know, how do you feel going into that race? Yeah, so that was kind of a spur of the moment decision, um, and so I think maybe running the five k sort of uh, confirmed for me that I wanted to do the half because mm. uh, the five just felt so fast. Um, but I, I guess I was thinking going into the summer, if I can just get a couple months healthy and running a lot of mileage, then I'll be in sort of a good place to start off the fall. And um, then I got back here, did some long tempos um, and marathon pace stuff and felt like really good over that, those longer workouts. And so my friend I mentioned before, Claire Langley, is doing the marathon in Toronto. Um, and I was going to go up and watch her anyway. So then I was talking to my dad slash coach about, um, 
just what I could do there that weekend in terms of a workout. And then we kind of just thought, why don't I just jump in the half? And it's world half champs, obviously, this March. So I kind of just spur of the moment set that as a goal maybe like two weeks ago. Um, so really, I've, I've been doing the training all along without thinking about it. I've just been putting in lots of miles and doing long tempos. Um, so going into it, I'm just going to do more of the same Um kind of just a one big long run, one long tempo and then yeah, faster pacing. Yeah, I feel I feel really confident going into it and I kind of think that that's sort of my wheelhouse. That that 5 low 540s pace is sort of where I feel really comfortable and strong. So, yeah, hopefully it goes well. Ultimately, you know, where where do you see your spot in the sport? Um, you know, do you see yourself running the longer stuff? Yeah, I guess um, I really like the 10K, and I definitely want to do more of those on the track this summer and on the roads if, if there's the opportunity comes up. Um, I don't see myself, like, moving up beyond the half marathon anytime soon. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, in the long-term future, sort of longer might be better for me. So I guess I'll have to wait and see and see how this half goes. Um, but yeah, I guess in the long, long term future, that's sort of where I see myself had it is longer, longer, longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you guys have had such a great opportunity the past couple of years having the, the cross country national championships Oh yeah. in, in your city of Kingston, um, at Fort Henry, I shout out to Clive Morgan right now. Um, but you know, yeah. are there, is there, is there plans to, to run in that? And, uh, how do you think the team will do this year? Yeah, I, I we're so lucky to have it in Kingston, um, and I definitely plan to run there um, this year. And I think our team is going to be kind of scary. Uh, we, I don't know, we're all so fit right now, and if we can all stay healthy um, into November, which I think, I mean, I know we're in good hands um, coaching-wise, so I, I'm pretty confident that we'll all stay healthy um, and keep getting fitter. So, I mean, I see us winning it, but... Uh, I guess we'll see on the day. <laughs> I think at this point you can probably still take a little, a little bit of a of an outsider's per- perspective of the running community in Kingston right now. But um, I know this this past spring I was up there for a half marathon, and what really struck me about Kingston is it's not a huge city, but you know the group of runners there seems to be, you know there seems to be a lot of them, and they seem to be very competitive. What, what do you think of the running community in <laughs> Kingston as a whole right now? Uh, I mean, I haven't been back, like, too long, but obviously I was a part of it before I left for school. Um, And, yeah, it's always been – I guess I never really thought about it just because it's what I grew up with. But, um, yeah, coming back, I've realized more that it's just a really special place because of all the people who take running seriously Um, and from sort of, like, every age group. Like, we've got uh, Brant coaches from high school, kids who are – like very serious minded and and very invested in the sport and then when we show up to workouts like the, uh, our group of um, women we've got masters men who are also at the workouts and and then obviously the other queens athletes and um just people yeah grad students from the community who who come out to run and so it's just such a diverse group of people but all who sort of share the same um the same love of the sport, but also the same, 
perspective, I guess, like taking it seriously and jumping in races all the time and working hard in workouts. So it's just, I guess it creates a really cool vibe because I don't know, you've just got everyone directing their energy in the same place, which yeah, it's just special, I guess. Um, you you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but but your father is in fact Steve Oldster Boyd. Um, <laughs> he was supposed to be in that race that I was uh, that I was racing in uh, this past spring, but he got a little bit injured. He, what can you tell us about his his racing plans and how is his training going? Yeah, so he is running into injury problems for, like, the first time as long as I can, like, since I've been born. Um, I know he had, like, small hiccups here and there um, when he was younger. Like, he's had to do the t- his time in the pool and all that. But, yeah, he's been struggling with um, some weird injuries as of late. He had, like, a, I guess it was, I don't even know, it was a foot pain um, related to an some uh, nerve-related foot pain, I guess. So he's been messing around with his shoes, um, trying to sort of start running pain-free again. Um, And he hasn't been doing workouts uh, since I've been back, which is strange because for my whole life, he's worked out two times a week every week. Um, So he's just sort of putting in easy mileage right now and I think trying to get back to running without any pains. so I don't think he has any race plans right now, actually. Um, I guess, yeah, he hasn't mentioned any. He's sort of just been, yeah, running running easy mileage. So he still runs every day, but, he, yeah, he hasn't been signing up for any races. So I'm not sure what's going to come next for him. And is the is the love for, for hoppy beverages, is, is that hereditary? Yeah, it's yeah. There's, it's mandatory in my family. <laughs> um, yeah, I was told I couldn't come home from college unless I developed my taste for beer. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, our fridge is always like he brags that we have the best beer fridge probably like in the in all of Canada. I think that's his <laughs> opinion. Well, you can pass on to him, and this is public record. Let everyone know that the best IPA that I that I have had to date was a suggestion from him. It was a collective arts, ransack the universe. Mm, fantastic. Fantastic. He really okay. hit, really hit the head on or hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, <laughs> taking a look at, at the next year, you know, what are, what are the goals? Uh, what are you hoping to accomplish? Uh, I guess my, my goal right now is to make that world half marathon team. Um, and then, Apart from that, I'm kind of my main goal right now is just to have a healthy year where I don't have to take any time out for injury. Um, I'd love to lower my PBs. I've been looking to run under 16 minutes in the five for a couple years now, so I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to go under 33 minutes in the 10K, um, and those are all things that I wanted to do this past track season, but I had to miss it. Uh, because of injury so I guess that's why my main priority now is just staying healthy and I think if I achieve that then those other goals will come so yeah that's sort of my I'm trying to keep my goals sort of modest for this year adjusting back to being out of school and everything um but yeah that's what that's what I'm hoping for by the end of this year well that was going to be my wrap-up question but I want to know more about this uh this world half marathon 
team uh, attempt you know is that something that you're hoping to hit in, in Toronto or, or what's the game plan there yeah so I'm gonna try to get the time in Toronto um, I think I'm I knock on wood but I'm confident that it's sort of within my ability right now to run under 116 and then I know obviously there's a lot of like really fast women in Canada over that distance so my goal for Toronto is just to get under the standard and then I'm thinking maybe I'll plan for another half maybe um, after cross-country nationals, so in late December or January, early January, um, and try to get, uh, yeah, have a second go at it. Um, but, yeah, ideally I'll, I'll get a, t- a good time in Toronto. For sure, for sure. Uh, she is Cleo Boyd. She ran for UVA, won the ACC 5,000 and 10,000 uh, there a couple of years back now, I guess. Uh, she's back in Kingston, and I at this point, I think I think you have dark horse status. I think uh, I think the sky's the limit at this point. And uh, you know, thanks a lot for being on the show this week. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Rob Watson is a man who really needs no introduction. He's the two thirteen marathoner that really captured our ears a few years back with his buddy Eric, as he kept us updated on the running world his training, and life in general with The Rob Watson Show. After a break of almost a year and a half, Rob is back with the show and appears to be making a go of it with his running as well. All right, season two of The Rob Watson Show, it is out right now. They can find it on your Twitter at RobbieDXC. Um, also, we should probably talk to Adam about getting that back on uh, back on tracky for sure. Uh, one thing I did want to talk to you about so the Rob Watson Show season two comes very, very shortly after the debut episode of the Pete Watson Show. What do those two things have in common? What do those two things have in common? I don't know, man. Not a whole lot. Maybe just coincidence. Um, uh, yeah, I, I listened to your episode with Pete. It was really good. It was good hearing his voice. I don't talk to him enough, but... Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about bringing back the show for a little while, and I decided to needed a hobby, man, and I missed it. So I figured, why not? Let's let's get let's get it back up and going. So there's no sibling rivalry in there. It was no, hey, you can't take that. That's mine. <laughs> no, man, no, no sibling rivalry with Pete. I've always looked up to Pete, and uh, you know he's the older brother, um, and I love the guy. I can't wait to uh, see him again. Well, you know, the with the Rob Watson show, I think that, you know, what really drew people in was that uh, you guys definitely had opinions, both, both you and Eric. Uh, Eric is, is a part-timer this time around. Uh, had opinions that, you know, maybe may not be popular 100% of the time, but, uh, you know, usually hit the nail on the head. Now, episode two just came out. I just finished listening to it, actually, and... Uh, Perhaps we can get into this a little bit deeper, but Tokyo 2020 and uh, the the talk surrounding that was that just a, an off the cuff thing, or are you are you really seriously thinking about going after this? Well, it's yeah, man, it's it's in, it's in the back of my head, absolutely. It's like I'm not gonna go throw all my throw like you know throw my hat in too much, but with uh, hopefully with Athletics Canada changing their standard their standards and going with just the IAAF which would be very handy instead of, you know, because the Olympics was, you know, the IAAF standard for the Olympics was 219, but AC makes it 212. It's, it's, it's a huge gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they kind of relaxed the standards and made it, all right, you know what, 
for the for at least for London, the World Championship, they just said they just kept it at the IWF standards and didn't feel the need to manipulate the standards, which was which was nice. It's nice to see them doing that. And uh, so I was like, hey, I think I think I could definitely. I don't because I don't think I have it in my legs to try to be running two twelve and two thirteen marathons. But I still think I have you know a two sixteen a two seventeen marathon in my legs if I can you know be smart and take my time and build back up. So I think I think it's still in there. You know I've I've seen Breed, I've seen Gillis, I've seen those guys keeping on killing it. So they've been, you know, in the back of my mind, it's always been there. So, yeah, well, I mean, why not? You know, work hard, see what I can do. I have lots of time to do it. And uh, just, I, I miss I miss training hard. I miss running hard. But, you know, I want to wanna have a goal. So that's kind of like a it, – it's there. It's, it's in the head, absolutely. Perhaps getting to the uh, to the more unpopular opinion side of that, uh, there is a little bit of a call out to the current crop of marathoners right now, saying that you couldn't really retire because they they weren't taking the torch from you. Um, you know, you've had a couple of days to to dwell on that. Uh, some Twitter responses have likely come in. Has your has your opinion changed a little bit? No, I mean that wasn't a. I mean, I'm not. The fact of the matter, if you look at the numbers, is we don't have any fast marathoners coming up in Canada right now. That's the it's, the running's a sport where the numbers don't lie. Uh, you know, we have people. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not ragging on people for not running fast. Like people are out there, they're busting their asses, they're running hard, they're running to their ability. We just don't have the people running the two thirteens, the two fourteens. We don't have people doing that, and that's the simple math, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see Canadians do it. I would absolutely love to see it do it. I want I want Canadians to be running fast, but they're not doing it. There's and so there's room for people to be taking those places on teams. There's room for people to be, you know, if you're running 217, you're going to be making teams. Um, that's the way it is right now. Uh, I would lo- I hope you know I hope Hofbauer goes and runs a 216 marathon. I hope Nick runs a fast marathon. I hope Cam runs a fast marathon. I hope Canadians run fast marathons. I'm a huge fan of Canadian runners, mm-hmm. but. It's we we have guys running 219, 220, 221. That's okay. That those, those are really strong, solid marathons. But when we're talking Olympic times, when we're talking World Championship times. You you have to be better. And these guys, it's not for lack of effort. It's just it's just for whatever reason we don't have any depth right now. So I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to degrade anybody. I'm just pointing out things. <laughs> That's just the way it is right now in Canadian marathoning. I hear you. I hear you. So uh, I'm thinking of a guy like Thomas Totho. He uh, ran Hamburg this spring, and that marathon was just an absolute crap show. I don't know if you remember it at all, but uh, you know, there's hail coming down. There was, uh, you know, crazy hurricane strength winds. Maybe not hurricane strength, but really strong winds and, and that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you think a guy like that could put down if conditions were just right? Thomas. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas is a great runner. Absolutely. I think I think he could run a two sixteen marathon. I think he can be a you know, a two fifteen, two sixteen, two seventeen guy. And that'd be great. It'd be nice to have those those guys in there. And and I think and I think that um, you know, Canada having those relaxed standards, I think a lot more people are gonna put their hat in the ring. And I think that there will be times and I think that it will come. It'll come eventually. And, you know, Thomas is a good example. That guy's been working hard. He's been working his way up through the through the you know through the ranks and he's obviously wants it and he's obviously tough and he's obviously talented so this guy's like that where yeah it's great he ran that really good time in Hamburg and obviously in less than ideal situation conditions <laughs> so 
you know, I hope he, I hope, I hope he can be a two fifteen to two sixteen guys. I think, I think those guys are out there, and I think they're just, uh, you know, they're honing their craft in the marathon, and hopefully they'll be coming through soon. But until they do, I mean, there's going to be a, you know, the old, the old guys are still going to be lingering. That's for sure. Well, I guess you could say that you're doing your part, um, you know, also in finding new marathoners. Uh, although I. Th- Correct me if I'm wrong here, but the the crowd that you're dealing with might be a little bit, you know, beyond that. But uh, the Miles to Marathon guys, exposing people to the sport, uh, you know, you have a great group out there in Vancouver. Talk to me a little bit about coaching and the group and, and how that's going. Yeah, it's gone great. I love I love coaching and I love um, the Mile to Marathon group. You know, Dylan and I, uh, we have a couple different aspects of the we do a lot of online coaching where we coach people all over the world, but we also have, you know, boots on the ground here in Vancouver. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, with, with running um, in the Vancouver scene, we've got a really good scene, but there seems to be this like very, very casual scene of people just social, having running, having fun, which is awesome. They're getting out there, they're moving. And then there's kind of this more competitive club atmosphere where everyone's just out there and they're running fast and they're, and it's, it's, it's so we just try to meld that, you know, people who want to have, to run fast but at the same time they want to have a social aspect they want to have fun so we kind of kind of hit that sweet spot there and we have athletes of all different abilities we have people trying to run you know sub five hour marathons we have tri- people trying to run sub, i mean two thirty marathons and it's like and we'll uh, we're just out there and we're just fostering a positive environment and giving them guidance um you know everyone i i appreciate people just get out there and they just try to become better runners and they try to push themselves, right? Everyone's got different goals. Everyone's got different situations, talent levels. You know, there's, there's so many, you know, every, every runner has a unique situation, but if they're out there and they're working hard and they're trying to get the best of themselves, then they're always welcome in our group. And we, I, I dig seeing that. Like it's so much fun seeing people put in the work week after week, coming to workouts, getting better, getting stronger and then going and crushing in races. It's, it's so cool. We have a huge race weekend coming up next weekend with uh, Chicago and Victoria. And it's just like been working with these people for months now. And, and I just can't wait because they're going to crush it. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a positive weekend. It's fun to be part of that team, a team vibe. It's, it's really cool. Would you say that things have kind of come full circle now? Because I'm sure checking your social media after when you're running your big races, like, you know, London or Toronto or something like that, you know, just seeing all the notifications of people just sitting on the edge of their seats. Do you think you're getting into that headspace now watching your own athletes, you know, go off to these different marathons and and shorter races? Yeah, it's funny because, yeah, I feel... As as an I, I'm starting to see, yeah getting getting the other side of things like when I'm out there and like I have an athlete running a race you know across the country so I can't actually watch them so I just get on the live tracking and the whole entire time I'm just following following and like when I have athletes running in Boston I'll watch it and I'll check their progress and it always be like they're going good they're going good let's see how the hills go and then and then you're getting the split thirty five k and man it's 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 nerve wracking because you are you're on the edge of your seat and you just you know, you know how much it means to these people. You know how hard they worked because you've been in this journey with them, and you're just, you know, hoping it. And it is. Like, it, 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 it's a lot of it's, it's nerve wracking. But when they run, they crush a good one. It's just, it's so it's so rewarding and it's so awesome. And I get I get so into it, man. I get fired up. And uh, so yeah, I definitely I get it's it, it's neat to see the other side of things. And I feel bad for what I did to my coaches when I was a runner because I would always go up super hard and be on pace for these great runs. And I know they'd be following it. And then at like somewhere around 35K, I dropped like an 18-minute 5K split in my marathon. They'd be like, ah, crap. So 
so it's, it's, I feel bad, but at the same time, it's fun to, it's fun to be going through it with, with, with these guys. Well, you know, that's an interesting thing too. I mean, fade from the front was, uh, was always the, the patent and, uh, Rob Watson way. Now that you mm-hmm. are a coach and you're a couple years older, have, has your racing strategy changed a little bit? My racing strategy, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm sometimes I'm a, I'm a do as I say, not as I do type coach. <laughs> uh, because yeah, like my strategy is is fade from the front is good when you're really really fit. Like when you're fit and you can ride that line, you can do a fade from the front because you can, you know, you, you you blow up, but sometimes a lot of times you can you can hold on somewhat, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're not as fit as I am anymore, if I go, out, I the blow up is so much worse the less fit that you are. Running is a weird sport like that. Is running is a sport where, like, the fitter you are, the harder it becomes. Because when you're not very fit, you go out there and you blow up and your day's over. But when you're fit, you can ride that line for so much longer and it sucks so much more. But uh, yeah, so favor from the front is uh, it's 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 a strategy, but it's it's not it's not for everybody. So I try to you know make uh, I, I I like running even i like working into a race and i find that even myself i've been doing that more with my workouts even and just trying to be more calculated and it and it makes for a more positive running experience like it, it's nice to be able to finish a race hard and, and be passing people and finishing strong because like yeah i don't know fade from the front was it was it was fun but it was I, I, sometimes i think maybe i should have done other ways but you, you, hindsight's 2020 uh still I still dig it. If, and if, some, if one of my athletes goes out into the face in the front, I can't get mad at him. I'm mean, like, yeah, I understand. You know, race day emotion. It comes. It gets you. Like, you know, you you go in with a plan, and against better judgment, sometimes you do some stuff. And you know, as long as you're, as long as you can live with your choices, at the end of the day, that's fine. Um, you know, we're all we're adults. We can we we're the, we're our own bosses. But yeah, I, I, I guide the best I can, and hopefully my athletes uh, execute the race plans well, better than me sometimes. <laughs> I don't want to give away too, too much. Um, I really suggest if you haven't already, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you've already started listening to the second season of the Rob Watson show. Um, but on this past episode, which you can get at Robbie DXE, um, you talk a little bit about training and I think, I think you, you mentioned that you, you have a new coach now as of last episode, <laughs> how's training going? You know, yeah, you, yeah. you said you have a, a half marathon coming up. When's when's the first marathon after this then? Ooh, you know, I, I don't have a marathon circled yet, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I miss training. And I think that a big thing was with myself with, with, with running and like my last couple of years at, at my level was, it was always chasing this, this Olympic standard. Right. So I had such a well-defined barometer of success. It was, I either get the standard or I don't. It's, it's, it was pretty much all or nothing. And I just had so many races where I would just come, I would just be mentally just distraught afterwards because I didn't get my time. And it was mentally such a, I was so mentally over it when I, when I got finished running and now I, I had enough time away from the sport and away from the high end things where, you know, now it's kind of like a, I hit the reset where I look at a marathon and I, if I see like, if, if I were to be able to get myself back into a 219 marathon shape, I would be stoked Whereas, you know, a couple of years ago when I first stopped running, like 
a 219 marathon. I was like, why would I want to run a 219 marathon? You know, I'm a 213 marathoner. I'm not 213 marathoner anymore. I'm absolutely not. Right now, I'm probably about a 228 marathoner. So I want to work myself, get back into shape and work hard again. Uh, I don't really have a marathon in line because I feel like I need to um, kind of start from scratch almost, where I got to develop myself and get some fast 5Ks, get some fast 10Ks. I'm doing the half marathon in, in Victoria just because it's a fun race and it's a cool it's a cool event and we have so many athletes going there. I want to go over and, and participate there. And if I can go under 70 minutes, that'd be a good that'd be a good accomplishment. And I'd be happy with myself. So just like having new perspective on goals and and what and the level I'm at as a runner, uh, it's it's refreshing. And I have this new energy and I have this new kind of outlook on my training. Whereas I'm not comparing myself to, you know, the Rob. The Rob Watson of 2013. I'm, 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 you know, fresh. I <laughs> got fresh legs, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to see what I can do moving forward. And it, it's fun, man. It's, it's, it's a, there's a vibe, and I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. And so I got guy coach. I got Dylan. He's gonna help me out, and hopefully he, uh, he himself can get back into some running, and we can, we can do some work. Uh, I believe Jeff Martinson, uh, another guest on the show this week, said that he is also going to be running that Victoria race. Um, he, you know, you you gonna plan on hanging with him for a little bit? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> he's a he's a much better he's a much stronger runner than I am right now. Jeff, uh, he's a very very talented, very very, you know, he's he's a great runner, and I can't touch him right now. And if I were to do that, it would be a recipe for disaster for myself. <laughs> so uh, I'll let I'll let Jeff do his thing, and uh, and then maybe I can come in a couple minutes later. Season two of the Rob Watson show is available right now. You can find it on Rob Watson's Twitter at Robbie DXC, man. We're just so happy to see, uh, you know, the show come back, even if it, even if it means that I'm, you know, the second or third most favorite Canadian running podcast now. Um, and I'm super stoked to see you back running, you know, with, with a goal in mind. Uh, we'll definitely be, be cheering you on every step of the way, man. Oh, Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words, and you know, I I love your podcast, and I love what you do, and you have a, you know, you provide a. I love the interviews, and you know, so keep up the great work. Oh um, well, and we'll just have this little alliance of Canadian Canadian running podcasts, and we'll just we're all friends. We're all friends. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, Jeff, Cleo, and Rob, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at The Terminal Mile. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and, of course, Tracky.ca. Thanks to you for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production.